Coaches, after a long hiatus, I'm back. This is Kurt Earl, founder of The Culture Coordinator. Today's podcast is titled Stop Trying to Motivate Your Players. It's a controversial standpoint that I have and one that often stirs up a lot of discussion, but my goal here today is to get you thinking more deeply and more critically about your role when it comes to motivation. to another edition of the Culture Coordinator Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking a little bit about being a motivator as a coach. And I've got a somewhat controversial perspective on this, but it's one that I've thought out a lot. And if you don't agree, I would hope that you could at least see my point and begin to maybe think more deeply about how you position yourself in the eyes of your players. So here's the thing. On the blog post that goes with this podcast, I opened with this line and I did it very intentionally to get the reader thinking. So I'm going to open with it here on the podcast as well. And here's how the line reads. It reads, I am not a motivator. Say it with me. I am not a motivator. (laughs) The point is to sort of get that shock value in the first line so that people want to keep reading, of course. And I'm presenting that shock value a bit here. But, you know, the idea here is that you shouldn't be positioning yourself as the motivator. Lots of coaches take pride in being great motivators. And I think that that's a big mistake, at least in the long term, at least in the big picture, from the 10,000 foot perspective, as they say. You know, motivation, by definition, is the reason a person has for acting or behaving in a particular way. And so when a coach establishes himself as the reason to choose certain behaviors, he he creates a culture which every member of the program is focused on him or her as the reason to choose a certain behavior. And the reason I think this is a big mistake is because you then create a culture where all of the players and maybe even some of the assistant coaches are dependent upon you as the big motivator to be their motivation in all situations. You create what I like to summarize as an audience dependent program or an audience dependent culture because everybody is dependent upon an audience and if you're a great motivator that audience is you and they're dependent upon you and your presence in order to be at their best. And so in the big picture, being a a great motivator, positioning yourself as the motivator or the motivation can be a huge mistake. And yet I think a lot of coaches are making it without thinking through some of these details. I'm going to try to sum up the culture coordinator um, summary or uh, motivation levels. I'm going to try to sum it up. It's in the show notes. You kind of need to see it. It's a big poster that we have hanging in our weight room, and it's something that you guys can feel free to look at and and use as well. But <clears throat> excuse me. 
The idea is that it's got seven levels of motivation, and it's all about how players who are motivated by, and then it lists something, and it explains how those players function. So for instance, at the very bottom, players who are motivated by fear work hard to avoid negative consequences. Or for another example, players who are motivated by shame work hard to avoid being embarrassed. Players who are motivated by pride work hard in order to bring glory to self or the team. Like those three things, fear, shame, and pride are kind of at the bottom. And whether a coach realizes it or not, if he or she is establishing himself as the primary motivation, as the big motivator in the program, they're using fear, shame, or pride in order to motivate their players because players are going to be wired to respond to the coach, the motivator, as their audience. And you can only experience fear, shame, or pride if there's an audience present because they're audience-dependent motivators. Now, I'm not a big fan of fear or shame in any situation. Sometimes a person, uh, they're not ready to operate above fear and shame, but I'm going to try to teach them and coach them up so they're above that. Pride isn't always bad. We need to have pride in the quality of work we're doing as a team. A lot of times when you go on a big recruiting visit, what's the first thing they do? They appeal to the pride of the program. They show you the championships. They talk about what it means to be a part of the team. There's nothing wrong with that per se, but it's got to be the base level, the entry level of motivation. And as you grow, you become less and less dependent upon just pride and more and more involved in things like being motivated by a love for self, a love for the game, a love for teammates, and a love for the team. And you'll have to look at the chart in the show notes to really understand it. I post it quite a bit on Twitter as well because I think it's one of the core uh, components of what makes for a thoughtful um, program that's really thinking these things through. So I just want to challenge you to sit to, to, to ask yourself, are you establishing yourself as the big motivator, the primary motivation in the program? And are you recognizing that fear, shame, and pride are all audience-dependent motivators? And are you then seeing and understanding that when the audience isn't there, the quality, the effort, the attention to detail will then disappear? Are you picking all of that up and putting those pieces together? We all want programs where people are working hard, whether we're there or not, regardless of our um, our presence. And we want them to especially be making choices um, that are good for the program, good for themselves when they're away from us, when they're in the classroom, when they're in the hallways, when they're on their own with their friends on the weekend. We want them doing the right thing. So 99% of the coaches who claim to be great motivators are motivating their players with fear, shame, and pride. And the reason they think that they are great motivators is because they have never taken the time to teach their players how to be motivated by audience-independent motives. And that would be love for self, love for the game, love for teammates, love for the team in general. So again, check out the show notes. I have um, posted a blog that's got all the pictures of this, of the 
of the motivation chart that you might want to check out. It's called Stop Trying to Motivate Your Players. If you search the website, culturecoordinator.com, you'll find it. Anyway, just some thought-provoking things for you to be thinking about and recognizing that I think if you're positioning yourself as the big motivator, if you are motivating your players, you're making a mistake. And that's why on the blog, on the website, the article is titled Stop Trying to Motivate Your Players. As always, thank you so much for being the type of coach who listens to something called the culture coordinator because it says a lot about what you're trying to build. We are in this together. We're revolutionizing coaching. We're caring more and more about people. We're not transactional. We're, we're transformational. We're trying to develop and grow people and uh, win a lot of games along the way. Ain't nothing wrong with trying to win. That's kind of the point. But we care about something bigger. We go beyond the scoreboard for who we really are and what we're really all about. And it's a pleasure to be in this journey with you guys and uh, just really thankful for each of you. Go out and make it a great day. The Culture Coordinator is a whole lot more than a podcast. Check us out at culturecoordinator.com and also find us on Twitter at culturecord. We're going to be doing a series of free webinars to help you grow as a professional during this time of fighting the coronavirus. So be sure to keep an eye out for those as well. Thanks, guys.